what really gets my dick hard is Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast, episode 12. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And we are back for another episode. We hope you enjoyed the Jason Newsett episode. We had a hell of a time making it, as you heard. Yep. Uh, if you stuck around long enough in that episode, you heard nothing but church giggles. <laughs> well, I couldn't resist. I actually, when I, when I quote-unquote, dropped the episode, uh, <laughs> I mentioned that you should probably stick around. There's a little bonus thing at the yeah, end. Yeah, it was kind of like our hidden track. Which we didn't really put any time between the end of Puppets, like... We no. didn't really hide it. <laughs> we didn't hide it, no. It's but, right there. But, I mean, w- when that little puppet's clip comes on at the end, I'm sure a lot of people know, okay, that's the end. They might just hit stop. So, if you heard, uh, or if actually if you stopped it at that point, maybe go back and take a listen. Yeah, you might you might find yourself laughing. Yeah, because we definitely did for about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a phenomenon. It was like almost even, a, dare I say, a spiritual moment. <laughs> it, was a spirit, it was a spiritual moment for sure. I will say that that night, I... I don't know the last time I laughed that hard for that long. And oh. it wasn't for any specific reason. We just started laughing and it just couldn't stop. I really don't know the origin. And I will say I was crying. I was laughing so hard yeah. and I snorted a few times, which <laughs> you did. The a- snort that you hear in that episode <laughs> is probably the second time I've snorted in my adult life. Really? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't do a lot of snorting. So we got you laughing that much where you snorted. <laughs> I feel like that's a, a big accomplishment in our friendship. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Have you gotten Clint a snort? I have. <laughs> I made Clint snort once. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, cool. Okay. Um. <laughs> so I've got one up on your wife, basically. <laughs> she may have made me snort. Maybe, okay. for, maybe for other reasons. All right, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to begin the episode as we've been beginning each episode, reading some feedback. Yeah. From our various social media bullshit. Yeah, we love things. it. We love hearing feedback. We love interacting with you guys. We uh, do our best to keep up with it. Sometimes it gets a little uh, delayed because we're traveling, but try to do it within a day or two. Yep, that's right. So, uh, am I reading? I'm starting. Is that yeah? You start. Okay. You yeah, start, yeah. yeah. So we're I'm going to make my glass go clinky, clinky, clink, clink. So we've culled all these from our various social medias. Our Instagram, our Twitter, YouTube, email, and also the Metallica forum, yeah. and some from Reddit. Although, mysteriously, our Reddit interaction has pretty much dropped off a cliff. Oh, okay. I'm not sure why. I mean, why. That, whole, that whole website to me is just a, a, a black hole in space. It just makes me feel like they don't like us anymore. That's which fine. Is, which is fine. That's cool. I mean, fuck you guys. Yeah, but. fuck you both. I'll fuck you all, but I mean, whatever. It's I'm cool. just kidding. We no, respect you. So, from the forum, from uh, Talica 3 we have, uh, he says, never listened before, like what I hear. Cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little hesitant, but but I think... Uh, I <laughs> he's, think he's, he's like wading into the pool. He's checking the temperature. Yeah, we've got his attention. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Um, Jeweler Deruler says, first time listening. Great job, guys. Enjoyed this a lot. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jeweler Deruler. Jeweler Daruler? Daruler, I think. Daruler. Yeah. Uh, Metswe says... Heard three episodes so far. Absolutely love it. I mean, a podcast about Metallica, can things get any better? That's a great question. Well, you know what the answer is? No. Nope. They cannot. <laughs> things cannot be better. You just got promoted. Uh, your wife loves you again. Your kids are happy and sane and not psychopaths. Yeah. Is that better than listening to three episodes of Metallica podcast? No. Nope. 
Uh, Backcountry97 says, I really got to get some time to go through these podcasts. Great work. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, great work. He's probably listened to something. He heard one, hopefully. Yeah. Well, well yeah, then, and then after that, you know, there's 11 others, so. I hope that he uh, finds time. I hope, he, I hope, I hope so he achieves that goal. And just, and take the advice from uh, Metsui. Yeah. No, it can't get any better. He, Metsui says it can't get any better, so Backcountry97. Metsui t- speaks the truth. Metsui knows what's up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we got uh, Eddie J. Nineteen eighty four. Checked out the first episode of my drive home and finished it running. Good thing to run to. Mm. Um, great first episode. It's really great to finally have a Metallica podcast. Mm, nice Thanks, man. We're happy to fill the void. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know how it is with running because I don't run a lot, and by that I mean not at all. Um, <laughs> but I know when driving, uh, sometimes music gets a little monotonous, and you've heard stuff a million times. Listening to podcasts to make the time go by faster. So maybe that's the case with running too. I don't you know, know what's better than running. Listening to a Metallica podcast? Driving. <laughs> Guaranteed to get you there faster. Yeah. Guaranteed. You are correct, unless you're in New York City. I like think I like imagining someone like on an elliptical or a treadmill, like getting pumped up to exercise, listening to us laugh for seven minutes at the end of the chase. <laughs> Eddie J is running. This really pushes you through that last thirty minutes. Or I wonder if like they they uh, you know they get a case of the church giggles by listening to us do that, and, and then they're just giggling on a treadmill. Yeah, just like like you know like hunched over, like out of breath, <laughs> laughing. I hope that's the case. Let us know, Eddie J, nineteen eighty four. All right, we have a uh, <laughs> Matt Talica oh eight. That's a good screen name by the way hmm. loving the podcast with three exclamation points by the way okay um for a diehard like me that uh, uh knows a few people in the real world uh with only a casual knowledge of metallica this is perfect keep up the good work very cool hey guess what matt talica we will we will do that we'll keep we'll at least keep up adequate work we weren't going to until we read this and now yeah, we're, we were we were thinking about like shutting this thing down actually but yeah. thank you to you uh we're thanks gonna, metallica yeah we're gonna keep it going uh, B metal one one two four seven six. Which let me stop you right there. Okay. When someone's making these usernames, and it's something like B metal, which all right, like cool, either like B metal or like Brandon metal or whatever. Or what accounts for the one one two four seven six? I don't know. Um, like a, is that a birth date? Maybe. I, I would venture to say that uh, if you knew this guy, maybe that's his pin number for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, go with B-Metal to the bank next time. <laughs> Just, I would hate to have to type in all those numbers for everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, what does B-Metal have to say? Uh, he says, good, uh, good, excuse me, good recap of the show's Clint. Hey, what bands do you and Ethan play in? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. I think he's talking about our 30th anniversary show, by the way. Okay. Because I, I, I was famously uh, insecure about whether or not that show was boring. Oh, remember, the, remember our, I was our episode. Like, yeah, 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 but, but I, apparently the episode was it worked okay. Yeah. And full okay. disclosure, we want to we want to wear our our black hearts on our sleeves here. A lot of times we finish an episode and we're like that was cool, you know, and the next morning I wake up and I'm like I don't know if that one's going to be that good. And then we get this great feedback. So we live for your validation. Yes, we do. It's very true. But okay, so what bands do you need to play in? Wow. I mean, the list is long. It's, of, of, it's of, long. Currently, I don't play in any bands. I, I play my own music, solo stuff. Um, but you should tell them what that is and where to find it, though, because yeah, it's really okay, good. Sure. Oh, okay, okay, fine, I will. I have, to beg, I have to beg this guy to promote his own music. Well, I have a couple solo EPs I've put out over the last couple of years. Um, you know, get it on iTunes. Just type in Ethan Luck. You'll find it. Um, but and it's badass. Like it's really cool. You guys should check it out. It's kind of like punk, like melodic punk rock. Uh, the, I'm from Southern California, and I think that kind of comes out in it, like very reminiscent of Social Distortion. And you, did you play like all the instruments. On I play it all too? the instruments. Which is on very it cool. Yeah, with the exception of a few things. I, I, my last EP, Paul Moak, our friend, produced. Mm-hmm. He played some organ, did some backup vocals, but I did everything else. Um, 
But yeah, uh, my my preferred way for people to get my music, if you are interested, is on Bandcamp. Uh, it's the most direct way. Um, and all my music on Bandcamp is uh, name your price. Oh, cool. So you can get it for free. You can pay me $20. You can pay me $100, which would be awesome. But uh, that is just uh, Bandcamp.com. What is it? Shit. Uh, EthanLuck.Bandcamp.com? Maybe it's just Google Ethan Luck Bandcamp. That would be a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know. I, I think it's uh, EthanLuck dot org backslash http. I can't believe I, I hyphen. I, I, I'm going to look it up real quick because I'm that stupid. Apparently, um, but you should also tell our listeners the bands that you have also been in because yeah. they might have heard of them. Okay, uh, I've been in an array of bands stylistically. I've been in ska bands, reggae bands, metal, whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, I was in a uh, kind of pop punk pop rock band called Reliant K. I played drums in that band for a long time. I played a guitar in a band called The Supertones, which is a ska band. Um, most relatable to this podcast, I was in a metal band called Demon Hunter um, from Seattle. Which Demon Hunter is fucking awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, I've, I've told this to Clint before. That, uh, that <clears throat> broke my heart when I had to leave that band, and the only reason being was because they were very part-time, and when I was playing drums and we're like, hey, we were very full time. So right. it was tough to manage both. But it was it was the funnest four years I had in a lot, you know, a bit of my music career. Played on two of their records, one mm-hmm. called The Triptych, one called Storm the Gates of Hell. So if you like metal, uh, melodic if metal. You like, if you like metal, check out Demon Hunter. It kicks ass. <laughs> what about you, Clint? So I play, I'm a freelance, mainly a freelance touring session guitar player based in Nashville. So in a given year, I play for up to 15 different artists, uh, most notably um, an Austin, Texas rock guy named Bob Schneider. Been with him for a while. Play with Jesse Balin, Mindy Smith, a good friend of ours named Matthew Mayfield, who I'm going on tour with at the end of March, so opening, for, opening for Blue October. Um, <clears throat> I'm currently, my main thing is a country guy named Rodney Atkins. We play every weekend. If you happen to go to a country festival show and you see a dude on stage wearing a Kiss or a Metallica shirt and a Panama hat, that's probably me. <laughs> but not a but not a Panama Jack T-shirt. Not a Panama Jack T-shirt. Panama hat. Very, two surprisingly, two very different things. Very different things. Also, I'm a songwriter. I spend a lot of my time at home writing songs. If you want to hear any of that shit, you can go to uh, SoundCloud.com/slash Clint Wells. It's all there. And that's and that's a, that's a great place to listen to Clint's music because they're uh, like myself. Uh, we're both pretty. Versed in a lot of different styles of music, and Clint has stuff all across the board stylistically. Yeah. Uh, I've listened through a bunch of that stuff when he first said it to me, and there's some really kick-ass stuff. There's some on metal, there. there's pop, there's dark, moody shit, there's acoustic yeah. stuff, there's, you know, Americana, outlaw flavor. It's yeah. all there. And by the way, I just looked it up on my own Bandcamp website. It is ethanluck.bandcamp.com. <laughs> I'm glad that you know it now. Well, it's one of those things that, like, I, you know, how you, you go to your browser and you just type in the first few letters and it shows up. I also have it bookmarked, so that's what I do. I go straight to the bookmark. Cool. And it's, I don't often pay attention to the details. It is cool that it's pay what you want, too. I mean, I guess that's kind of the new way to try to share your well, music. Well, I, I remember Radiohead were, like, pretty big pioneers in that whole For In Rainbows? Thing. Yeah. And um, well, <clears> I think they did that for, like, a limited time. It was pay what you want. Yeah. Like, for three months. Well, or I remember reading an article about that, and they said that they actually ended up making more money per record yeah, right. doing that. And I, so I, I decided to do that. Not that I'm selling Radiohead numbers, quite the opposite. But um, my last EP, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put it up for five bucks because right. I'm, I'm extra proud of this. It's the best sounding one I've done. And I noticed right away I made way less. Huh. So I instantly changed that. Wow. Interesting. Um, but I think I think with uh, with music now, I mean, you know, yeah, people are going to take stuff for free. They're going to go to Spotify, whatever. But if you give them the option, mm. I feel like people, they don't necessarily feel obligated, but they feel like, oh, that's cool. Like, he's willing to give this to me for free. I'll give him a couple bucks, you know? 
It's a new world, man. It's <clears throat> Ethan it and I have been have been professional musicians for around twenty years. Um, it's it's we're we're on a new frontier. It's it's good and it's scary and all yeah. that. Um, this would be good stuff to dive into when we do a Napster episode. Yeah, because we're yeah. definitely going to. Oh well, I have a, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. We've yeah. actually gotten several requests to do that. The last thing I'll say before we move on to a few more of these questions before we do yeah. our through the never uh, synopsis is uh, we, I mentioned Matthew Mayfield, who I'm touring with. Matthew Mayfield's last record, Ethan and I both played on. Yeah. Ethan played drums, I played guitar. It's called Recoil. It's great and it's fucking awesome. You guys, yeah, to check it out. Especially the drums and guitar. <laughs> the songwriting pretty good yeah production pretty good voice okay drums stellar guitar yeah. playing genius yeah and i did not do a saint anger kind of tone on my snare drum just so you know <laughs> well yeah yeah you played a normal snare drum you didn't I play a trash a, can i played a normal snare drum so that's matthewmavel.com check it out okay yeah so and then we got a, a gene f62 the last seven minutes of hysterical laughing was infectious and sounded like pure delirium ha 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 it ha. was Keep up the awesome job. That's cool. It was delirium, and it was, uh, yeah, it was very hysterical. Uh, and so. I think she has a little more on. Uh, oh, there's I should, a PS. I should go. Oh, yeah, postscript. Postscript. Um, I'm sure you guys have already thought about this, but perhaps once all the hardwired to self-destruct songs have been played live, would love a comparison of how they worked on tour versus on the album. Hmm. I would love to do that as well because I've already noticed that they're they're detuning they live. Are, and they're they're especially Kirk, which oh man, he's already kinda changing yeah. up the game a little bit on the yeah, solos. Yeah. Well I know the detune I think we've mentioned this in a previous episode, but the detuning thing for James's voice. For James's voice, yeah. Which I, I back that. That's I fine. totally back that. No, and they've been doing that for a while with with older songs, you know, especially when you hear like stuff off Kill 'em All or Puppets. But I mean, the dude's fifty three years old you know, yeah, on record, like on Hardwire, you can get that. And he brought back that classic Hetfield growl, which we love. But you can't do that every night when you're 53 years old and your vocal cords have been going nuts for the last almost 40 years. Do, do you think that you're the general non-musician fan can tell a difference if it's tuned down a half step? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where they'll post a, you know, a clip of a song. Like, they've just been posting stuff from Mexico. Uh, mm -hmm. They played there last night. And... They, I think it was a clip of, uh, I think Hardwired actually. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about, oh, this is detuned. Right. And then when it got to a certain part, I thought, oh yeah, that is detuned. You know, what's interesting about that is someone posted a video today. The video is so shitty though. I couldn't really like tell what it was, but apparently during now that we're dead, speaking of doing things differently on the record, every band member gets on the drums and plays. I saw a photo of that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't sought out any live clips. Cause of I know James is a, is a uh, closet drummer. He can play drums. Yeah. I didn't know about Robert or Kirk, though. <laughs> but, I, but, it, but it also might be one of those things like, you know, it's always been very popular. And I said the last, you know, five or six years, you know, we always joke like, oh, downstage percussion. Downstage means the front of the stage, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or like cool arty bands have a bunch of floor toms. Everyone oh, hits. floor toms. That's a new thing. Yeah. Lumineers so, is just a band of floor tom players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think uh, maybe it was kind of more in that vein. Like, hey, this will be a fun part to all kind of jam. Do you together. think they all just wanted to do that? And now that we're dead, that <laughs> tom thing. Yeah, that's that's that could be the case. I don't know. I haven't actually, like I said, looked up videos on it, but whatever. I'm sure it's cool. All right, so moving on, which thanks, Jean. Jean, actually, on the forum, she wrote, she private messaged me some cool shit, and she's cool. She's a big fan of the show. Awesome. Thank you, Jean. From Twitter, Joel Hebbensberger. Hang on a second. How do you say that? Hang on a second. Uh, <laughs> Hebbensberger. Heb Hebbensberger. I think it's Hebbensberger. Hebbensberger. How do you know it's not a, a, a long E? I think I can pronounce it. <laughs> Torben, help us. 
His name is Joel Hebensberger. So Joel Hebensberger from Twitter um, says, love the pod. He went ahead and just went ahead with the abbrev. He abbreviated podcast. That's cool. I'm fine with that. Love the pod. My love for the band has been reignited. Kiss is number one. Fuck yeah, it is. But Metallica is a solid number two. Thanks, guys. We got a, a rabid kiss guy. That's awesome. I wonder if he heard about us from Podcast Rock City. I hope so. Those guys are great. Well, if our listeners don't already know, I am a massive Kiss fan. So yeah. if you want to like shoot us an email and riff about Kiss, as long as it doesn't take too much away from the Metallica family, like Jason did with Echo Brain, we will talk. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk Kiss. Uh, what I love about uh, uh, Joel's comment, and we've been hearing this a lot, is that we've you know reignited people's love for Metallica. That's amazing, dude. Um, my friend Derek, who we talked about before, the drum tech. He's told me that he's texting me that he's like, man, I love Metallica, but I'm really diving deep into these records again, which so are we. So. I would say I, I would say I fit into that category, man. Yep. One hundred percent. All right. And then we have an Instagram. Yeah, we got some Instagram. Uh, Wiley Guitar. Uh, good use of the emojis. It's the two metal hands and like the little devil smiley face. Cool. Love the podcast. Thank you. Short and sweet. You're welcome. Yeah, dude. Thank you for listening, man. Yeah, thanks for paying attention. Thanks for commenting. And We're really grateful to everyone who listens and writes in. All right, we got a couple of... So we we get a ton of emails, and man, we're so grateful for them. Uh, but uh, if people choose to write to us an email, they're usually a bit longer. Yeah. People have their people have been telling us kind of their Metallica stories, which has been fucking awesome. It's really cool to hear, yeah. We or, can't or read. read a ton of that on the episodes. I'm sure you'll understand why, but we are going to read a few here. This is from uh, M-S-U-S-K-I. How do you say it, Torben? I think it's pronounced Masuki <laughs> from Poland. We are almost neighbors. Okay, Masuki from Poland. Hi, Clint and Ethan. I've recently discovered your podcast and watched... Oh, I guess he or she is seeing it on YouTube because we put our episodes on YouTube. Okay. I've rec- uh, I watched all the episodes during the last three days. I think you're doing an amazing job. Metalla World definitely needed a fan podcast like this. Cool. It feels so good to listen to your conversations and compare them with my own thoughts on certain subjects. I really hope you'll get some recognition because you deserve it. Very cool. Thanks, man. It's enough that you recognize us, Masuki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he or she goes on to say, I can't wait for the gear episode. Wow. Someone who wants okay. to hear the gear episode. I'm worried that that one might be kind of a... A little too, a little too nerdy. A little too niche. Maybe, but... But if we talk, you know, we're talking about certain things in relation to tones on albums, right. albums people like, maybe they'll maybe they'll pay attention. I came here for the gear episode <clears> since <throat> I personally play the guitar as well as Jason, the Jason Newsett episode. So this is obviously before the Jason episode right. dropped. He's my favorite bass player, Metallica. Me too. Uh, with no offense to Cliff or Rob, because I love all three of them. Same here. Jason had the attitude, great vocals, and onstage presence that I absolutely adore. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. I exactly. Agree, I agree with that, yeah. yeah. I think we, that's, we're a good, in... that's a good sum up of Jason for sure. Yeah. So thanks, Masuki from Poland. Thank you, Masuki. Poland, man. That's so cool. We have a listener in Poland. Yeah. Where is that? <laughs> uh, I think it's New Jersey. <laughs> Poland, New Jersey. Yeah, Poland, New Jersey. It's yeah, next to Hoboken. That's where, that's where Chris Christie lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got another email from Ken Laura. Um, hello, gentlemen. Which, stop right there. Yeah. Very proper. I don't know if that's accurate. Gen- are we gentlemen? We're gentlemen. Of course we are. Of course, fuck, fuck we're, yes, we are. We're fucking gentlemen. We're fucking gentlemen. Jeez. <laughs> hey, we're fucking gentlemen. <laughs> clink, clink. <laughs> clink, clink. Um, hello, gentlemen. Just got through the first two episodes, and they are great. Love Metallica for many years. Glad there's a podcast for fans now. You guys are passionate. 
Have your own good opinion. Uh, I thought I glanced and I said options. <laughs> have your good own, options on stuff. Have your good options. Uh, you have your own good opinions on stuff. Even I don't agree. Uh, please keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear other episodes. Uh, sad and glad I caught you guys near the beginning and you aren't months or a year in. Glad I can catch up easily. Sad when I get through them. Now I got to wait. Well, I know the feeling. There's podcasts I listen to that... Um, I know, you're just refreshing every couple of days. I mean, yeah, there's that or the complete opposite where there's a podcast I love, like the Nerdist podcast, for instance, uh, instance there's 840 episodes. Yeah, it's like so many. I, I'm not going to get through them all, but I just at that point, I kind of go and pick and choose. Oh, I like that actor. I like Let, that musician, let's let's so. do this real quick to wrap up this. What's your favorite podcast that you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, I honestly like the Nerdist podcast, but that... Probably but everyone not, listens to that. Everyone listens to that because Chris what's something Hardwick you could, something you could turn Hardwick them on to? Uh, I would actually like to. I, I would shout out my friend's podcast. It's called Don't Feed the Trolls. Uh, it's my friend Nate Henry and Matt McDonald, um, two guys I've toured with before in bands. Um, they do it remotely every episode. Nate lives in Tennessee here. He's about an hour east of here, and then Matt lives up in Seattle. But it's called Don't Feed the Trolls. Um, it's like a general topic, uh, current event kind of thing, and they have guests on like. For example, uh, I was telling Clint about this earlier. They've done a couple episodes about Sasquatch, <laughs> but it's so entertaining because they actually have a guy on that claims he had an encounter. So, uh, yeah, check that out. It's called Don't Feed the Trolls. It's amazing you can have more than one episode on the on the Sasquatch. They've had three, and I've given Nate <laughs> shit because him and I have. He used to live uh, three doors down. That's not a band reference. Shut your mouths. He used to live three doors down from me. I read, I'm a loser. Sooner. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut because now you're you singing that you're going to get a bunch of emails I'm trying to find and it'll, a way dis- to, it'll distract from I'm trying to find a way to work Sasquatch's first <laughs> down song. I can't do it because I don't, yeah, I don't that's, okay. that's the only song I know. Well, anyway, so him and Nate and I, uh, we're, we're avid fire pitters. We love making fire pits and hanging out, drinking some whiskey and, and you got, talking. You do about have a good stuff. fire pit here at your house. I do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll record an episode out there one time. Mm. It might get a little clicky sounding with all the stuff burning, but who cares? I don't. I don't either. Let's go outside right now and make a fire. <laughs> uh, anyways, we would uh, one of the things we'd always talk about is Sasquatch and like you know uh, cryptozoology. It's called you know the <laughs> stuff like lo- <laughs> what? what church giggles now. Uh, cryptozoology. You, know, you is, just said it so casually. You know, it's like a cryptozoology thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it's like it's just, it's like a chupacabra. Um, you know. Uh, Loch Ness Monster, things like that. Oh, yeah, like I know. Crypt, crypto, cryptozoology. cryptozoology. You, yeah, know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Totally. So anyways, I've given Nate shit a couple times for not having me on as a guest. It he sounds had, like you would be a good guest. He hasn't had me on his podcast yet. Although what? I haven't had him on my podcast, my other podcast, or this one. Which so. is the Pirate Satellite. Ethan's yeah. other podcast, Pirate Satellite. Check it out. Yeah, I'm picking it back up soon. I've taken a break from it because of this podcast and other commitments. But it's going to be... Uh, I've got 16 episodes out on that, so... Clint yeah. was in, Clint was a guest. Yeah, episode, I, I can't remember the episode number, but yeah, that was uh, kind of what that was a, a part of what started this, or at least uh, helped this podcast get going. So. If you do want to listen, it actually is interesting. You can hear Ethan and I talking before I think before we ever even decided to do this, and we do talk about Metallica on our episode. Yes, we talk about Freddy Krueger and Kiss. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I don't. I I've probably told you this, but the original idea that I had for this podcast was that Metallica kept coming up in every episode of my other podcast. Right. Not in crazy detail, but it came up all the time. Right. And one day I thought, I should just start a Metallica podcast. Yeah. Who would I do this with? And I hit you up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the loser. I'm the Lars. The... And I put the ad out. And I'm the James. And you're the James. Yeah. Wait a second, I'm the Lars. Wait, but please don't let me be the Kirk or the 
Or no, no, you know, you're the James. We don't have a Kirk. Am I the Ron McGovern? <laughs> <laughs> Or, You're like, who else got to get to do or, it? I'll just or, get my friend to do it. Are we Ron McGovney and, and Dave Mustaine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, geez. All right, well, so the the, hey, po- the podcast I would recommend b- briefly before we get into this yeah. is um, I'm an unashamed, unabashed cinephile. I love films. I spend almost as much time thinking about watching films as I do music. And there is a podcast called the Brett Easton Ellis Podcast. Brett Easton Ellis is an author. He famously wrote American Psycho and Less Than Zero. He lives in L.A. He's heavily involved in the film industry. Lessons are a great soundtrack, by the way. Uh, the soundtrack to the film? Yeah. Okay, because that's also the name of a um, Elvis Costello record. It is, yes. So, yeah, I don't even know what was on the soundtrack. What, Elvis to, Costello? To, no, the uh, Lesson Zero, the Brady, the uh, the film soundtrack. The Lesson Zero soundtrack Because it was like, like an like 80s film. Metal bands and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Keep talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the track listing just to Well, Brady St. Ellis, so he's an author. He's a... His... Um, and he's also sort of a culture vulture. He's like a cultural guy. He has a podcast where he has he has people like Quentin Tarantino, Rob Zombie, uh, Ty West, Kanye West. I don't know why those uh, that came to my mind because they're both the last names are West. He had Marilyn Manson on, Shirley Manson. <laughs> I'm just gonna start naming so many two Mansons. of his guests in a row that have the same <laughs> last name. But the Brady Sinellis podcast, check it out. It's really good. Okay, so the track listing for the Lesson Zero soundtrack. There's some good it's stuff. Metal? On here. I don't remember that. Uh, not. I, I mean, I wouldn't say full on metal, but there is. Okay, so um, it's like Tears for Fears and shit. LL Cool J. No, um, <laughs> no, but okay, no, but there, there is some good stuff. And there's uh, Aerosmith is on here. Um, uh, Roy Orbison, which was Super actually metal. well, it's about to be. It, he actually did a song called Life Fades Away, which is actually co-written by Glenn Danzig. Whoa. Yeah. Wait for it. Poison's on there. Oh, definitely metal. Uh, doing Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss. What? Um, no, there's a Glenn Danzig song on there. There's a Public Enemy song on there. Uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. The Bangles, Hey, You Shade of Winter, that cover. That's cool. So not fully metal, but Glenn, All right. Glenn Danzig was involved, but some good songs on that The film is okay. I do recommend, the Lesson Zero is Brady Snell's first novel, and it was a big yeah. hit. They made a film. It's got yeah. Robert Downey Jr. in it. Okay. All I have to say, we should probably get into uh, what this episode is. It's been a long intro. Yeah. Well, it's not really an intro, but it's, it's, we, we want to incorporate the fans, but... Dude, we're just riffing, man. Yeah. So so one more time, what's the name of that podcast? Brett Easton Ellis. Okay. The Brett Easton Ellis Podcast. Okay. And then Don't Feed the Trolls. Those are our two podcast recommendations this week. Right. Okay. So Through the Never, man. Through I, the Never. Through the Never or Through the Never Man. <laughs> through the Never Man. <laughs> it's through, a comma. Through, or you could it could be a hybrid of a Pearl Jam song, Through the Nothing Man. Ooh. Yeah. Are we cross-hibernating? Are we crypto-zoologizing? <laughs> We're crypto-zoologizing this. Uh, no, Through the Never, uh, which is a Metallica film. So it's so this is interesting. So it's essentially a concert film. Yes. But they splice in, you add it all up, it's only about 15, 20 minutes of this sort of strange post-apocalyptic Yeah thriller bane looking guy on a horse right like yeah. bane on a horse with yeah. a lasso yeah um hanging people from street lamps yeah we got a mysterious bag we got a we got a, a willing roadie uh I, i'm gonna go as far and we can get into this when we talk about the movie <clears throat> uh, i guess chronologically but uh i would say he's more of a runner yeah he's not a roadie right he did i mean he i mean he first of all he didn't show any credentials when he walked backstage well he had kirk basically saying he's cool that's true. That's true. Kirk, Kirk, and Kirk has all access. Like Kirk knew him. Kirk, 
knew him. Yeah, I recognized him. But Lars looked at him like, "What the? Who's this guy? Who are you? What are you doing here?" Yeah, but we'll we'll get into that. Okay, I, okay, I can't okay, wait okay. to. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. But he does seem like because because the like stage manager production manager guy's like, "Hey, this is what we pay you for." Yeah, we need you to go so find this a, guy. So he's a, a paid runner. Yeah. Um, let's let's do brief. Let's do some facts. Do some facts. For, I, I'm sorry. I I just rewatched it last night. As yeah, as, I did, as did you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm I'm already like rethinking of every all these scenes in my head. And I me too. I can't wait. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I don't know what people think about when we do our facts thing, but I know if I was listening to this, I would like a little burst of facts. Sure. Look, give us a burst. All right. So, uh, it was shot in Vancouver and Edmonton uh, in August of 2012. Which Vancouver and Edmonton are both beautiful places. Very cool. Beautiful places, yeah. That's the live footage, by the way. Uh, oh, from the shows. Yeah, the and shows. And then the, yeah. the, the actual film shots were L.A.? Uh, there was there was L.A., New York, and uh, I think it might have been Poland, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been New, New Jersey, actually. I, I remember it was three different cities when I was looking up where facts Masuki last night. Was Masuki, right. Masuki, 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 yeah, Masuki, Masuki lives okay. Poland, New Jersey. Masuki yeah. actually played the paid runner. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> directed by directed by Nimrod Antal. I love it. His name is Nimrod. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I too. It made me giggle. It totally did. <laughs> I, I literally giggled. Um, here, and this gets, the facts of this are a little bit of a bummer because the film didn't do well. So it did really bad. Thirty-two million dollar budget. Yep. Which. Which I will say, it shows. The production value of this film is pretty fucking good. It's really good. I mean, I think it's pretty good. And the sound editing is actually phenomenal Yeah, to me. and it's it's shot beautifully. Even, even the concert footage doesn't look like your normal concert I, I film. I agree. I, I agree. We're going to get into that. I have a lot yeah. to say about it, because I actually love this. Now, yeah. uh, Greg Fiddleman was the mixing engineer, which explains yep. a lot about why it sounds so Because this was just after Death, Death Magnetic. Right. Yeah. Which, Greg coming into the Metallica fold... To me, that's nothing but just good sauce. We're big Greg fans. Love Greg. And you know, what was the show they did? Was it the London show? The the day of the, uh, the CD release or record release show of, of um, Hardwired, they've actually put on YouTube where Greg actually remixed it. And it just sounds... Is it the, like the small, the House of yeah, Van show? Yeah, it's the House of Van yeah, show. Yeah, it's like a little skate park. And dude, it's like, oh my God, if Greg could just mix all of their shows. Oh man, yeah. Not Not the live stuff, but what they put, you know, they put their live shows out. It's yeah. just like a, it's not big Mick. It's like it, it sounds just like a, honestly, it sounds it's like, like a, a soundboard. Yeah, yeah, and it's not great. Um, there's no dialogue or narration other than trips, other than the production manager and the band. Yeah, well, I mean, the band's basically on stage stuff. Yeah, I but mean, Kirk kind of, saying like, "Oh, he's cool, he's cool." Yeah, and then like when shit goes haywire, James is like, "Wait, stop." Let's stop. Which yeah. those are some kind of cringy moments. Yeah. Okay. Um, they promoted the film at the Detroit Orion Fest when they did the Dehan. Yeah, Dehan, which thing. is the actor's last name. Right. Which I don't. Oh, Dale Dehan. I did write that. Yeah. Like I didn't even write that. Yeah, Dale Dehan. Yeah. And that's that's where I, I guess they got the idea to create and, this fake band. And that was kind of them promoting the film because maybe they were afraid it wasn't. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it was their festival. They can promote whatever they That's want, true. I guess. And there was a shitload of people there. To... Which kind of sucks, too, that like both the Orion Fest and Through the Never were kind of like bombs. Yeah, I it's wish like, they, I wish they bummer, did Orion Fest still. I mean, Me too. Well, we should do an episode on that because, I mean, uh, I have a friend that actually went to it when it was in Detroit. Because they did Atlantic City and Detroit. They did two. Yeah, they did two. My friend went to the Detroit one when they did the Dayhan thing. And they played Kill Em All Front to Back. I mean, shit, I would love to go to that. I know. There's a lot of opinions about why it did or did not fail. Uh, the world premiere was at the 2013 Toronto Film Festival, which is pretty cool. Released in IMAX on September 27th. 
which is the anniversary of Cliff's death, which was intentional. Yes. Which, which by we'll the way, in, which we'll get into. We'll get into. Okay, great. So you're with me on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Because we yes. haven't talked about it. Okay. It has a 78% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really good. It's really good on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, dude, I think the... <laughs> I mean, I think the the hokey thriller post-apocalypse stuff is kind of it kind of falls flat a little bit. A little bit, but, but as a but, concert, but film? it's still, but it's still. But I would say that all that uh, city footage, all that stuff filmed, the apocalypse, it's apocalypse done really stuff, well. It, it looks great. I know. The shot of all those people hanging, oh, I was creepy. legitimately creeped out. Yeah, like, it's Ugh. creepy. It's yeah. creepy. That's true. Okay, uh, it was nominated for a Grammy for best music film. It didn't win, but it was nominated. Cool. I guess that's one of their eight nominations. It flopped. It only grossed three point four million in the U.S. Ugh. and I think only eight million worldwide. So, yeah, that's definitely a flop. So they they you know, they, 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 they lost some lost some out of their 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 uh, their wallets. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm 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 sure they put they put up all the money for it. So the soundtrack was nominated for a Grammy for best recording package. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. Wasn't wasn't it the first? Um, IMAX movie to be included in a film festival? Uh, I don't know. I thought I read that online, like when they went to Sundance with it or something, or maybe it was the Toronto Film Festival. Okay. It was, it's it's on record as, the, and someone correct me if I'm wrong here, but I could have sworn I read this last night that it was the first IMAX movie like shot that way that uh, cool. has been uh, at a film festival. Very cool. I did not know that. And then the last kind of fact I have is that every record is represented in the set list except for Load and St. Anger. Okay. Which which the, the Sandinger part doesn't bother me. But load, it's like, man, because it'd be cool to hear like King Nothing or Until It Sleeps or yeah. something. Well, I mean, I'm, I wonder how long those, like, because they actually filmed a concert. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless all those people are CGI. It's not a, oh, well, I mean, I'm, it might have been even been several days. I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, they could have done it. I mean, a two hour show and had way more songs and just cut it down to. Maybe they did. And yeah, they just really picked what worked best for the film. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like a 90 minute film. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's fine. I understand all that. So, do we want to kind of just go through the film? Sure, yeah, I think that so. That might be fun. Yeah. Um, my my first thought when the opening sing ha- scene happens, or did you have something else before uh, before even you see anything, the flag, the blackened flag? Yeah, like, so, like, you know, they have the blackened productions, where, like, so they're on their own label now, yeah. and, you know, if this movie had done well, it might have opened the door for future films. Right. But they have this, like, cool, like, it's like a flag that's on fire. It's mm-hmm. blackened. It's super cool looking. Like, we'll probably never see it again on film. <laughs> yeah. Because the I chances mean... of them making another movie are so low. <laughs> right. But I did make a note of that, like, ah, oh, like, because there are all these little Metallica nuggets in this. I know. I love that. It's a, Yeah, it's little, like, little Easter eggs kind of thing. Like Exactly. The film's filled it. with it, you know? Mm-hmm. The jacket that the, the main character's wearing and, like, the whiplash sticker on the car. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, even even the opening scene when it's, like, that like kind of... It's, like, panning into the city. Drone footage or whatever it is, or however they filmed it. You know, there's, like, it has, like, the the LED marquee kind of thing of the Metallica logo sold that's out. sold out. Um, but the thing I laughed about... Uh, right off the bat was when that kind of like metalhead pulls up in his car, like, yeah. and the parking lot's empty, yeah. and he's like there for the show. Oh yeah, and it's nighttime. Yeah, like the parking lot should be full, you know, unless they, unless they're loading in the night before. Yeah, which I is think it's probably like night before. But he maybe he was just that early, and he was just like, yes. And well, like, he yells out, first in, last out, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, first and last out. So maybe he, maybe he thought, okay, I'm going to show up, 
the day they're loading in, I'm gonna be the first one there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I thought that was cool. And then he like awkwardly gets on top <laughs> of his like car. Kind of, he's kind of a chubby dude. He tries to jump on the roof of his <laughs> <Yeah>. car. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Like, so if, we're talking like two minutes in, and I remember the first time I saw it because you know there's like people, some people don't like it, and sure. I mean, it's definitely not fucking taxi driver, but yeah. This point for me as a fan, I was like, all right, because that's kind of a funny, like, I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. I'm ready to do this. Yeah. You know? And then so th- we see Trip, our main character, yeah. who like shows up to the venue. And I love James's cameo. Cause he, I love James's cameo. Oh, here's another quick question before we get to James's cameo. Um, Trip shows up on his skateboard. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, they show him falling too. Yeah, I lay out. He falls great. right in a puddle. Yeah, I've been there. I, <laughs> I skate so, but then he like skates down into the part. Eventually, down into the like underground parking structure, which would never happen. Where his van is, like, why wasn't he out? Why, why do you need? Why do you need a van when you had a perfectly good skateboard? I agree, because <laughs> you can get there faster. Um, no, but uh, I, I can only assume him being a runner that he was. Uh, he was like on a break or whatever. He was on a break and like skated they didn't around need the parking lot. Yeah. Um, but when, yeah, when he goes down in the, into the parking structure and, and they're like, the trucks are loading and you can see the, uh, binge and purge, like yeah, road cases and shit. Yeah, like the, like my, uh, box set, it's over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, James's cameo and like in a hot rod and he's got his sunglasses on. I thought that but was, it blows out this really surreal fire. And then the, yeah. the way James looks at him, it sets this tone where you're like, oh, this film's going to be like, there's like a lot of tension in the film. Yes, definitely. It's, it's an ominous vibe. It is. It's yeah. almost like a horror movie even. Yeah, kind of. Which probably maybe Kirk had some influence in that, but he may James have, yeah. gives him this like very strange kind of knowing look. Yeah. Like I know he you He kind of has shades on. Yeah. yeah. Like what's up? Well, he he fully has shades on. And then they kind of one, two punch you <laughs> Sorry, you missed my joke. Wait, what are you, wait, what you said you said he kind of has shades on. I said he fully has shades on. <laughs> One lens missing. <laughs> I guess you can't kind of have shades on. They're either on or off. Well, you could kind of. Have well, wait, did them he on do your... one of these things though? Like, no, no, he definitely didn't lift it. Lift his glasses. Like up. you're looking at a chick, and so they like. You know, he kind of did like he, he, which, by the way, I'm wearing like actual glasses, and I yeah. just lifted them at Ethan. Like, <laughs> it's true, Clint. Pretty sexy. So sexy. Okay, um, so he's just full. No, on he work. gives him like a, like a just like a mean Hetfield look. Yeah. Like he's got his hand on the wheel and kind of gives him a little. But then, like you know that like James is in the cars and stuff, so it's like yeah, James's personality is in that. So then they one two punch you. So then on his way into the actual entrance, Kirk is standing there with a guitar that looks like it's been smashed and blood's coming yes, out of it, which is pretty cool. God damn it, I loved it. I loved it too. And he's right by like a you know a door that goes probably to an elevator or something, right? And there's blood on the ground, and like, and, he does, and and Trip doesn't have credentials, so the guy's like, whoa, whoa, and Kirk's like, no, he's cool. He's cool. Not the best acting, but but okay for Kirk Hammett for sure. He's not an actor; he's a guitar player. I mean, player. he's also holding a bloody guitar. But just, I just love that, like, oh, like the guitar's broken and it's bleeding, like it's like alive. Like, yeah, I was just like, shit, man. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Then we kind of then we <laughs> get inside the venue. We're in the arena. Trip is walking backstage, and you he, you feel it and hear it first because the sound editing is so good. Yeah, you hear some low end, and then all of a sudden, like the camera or it's special effects, of course, starts sh- like shaking and rumbling, and the camera pans to I guess it would be your right as you're watching it, and there's this room with like stacks of ampex, like all the walls are just stacks, and it looks almost like a cartoon. And there's Rob Trujillo doing his crab signature crab playing walk. like in low B. Like, and that was like, I remember watching it like 
I know. I was like, you know, uh, you know what that moment is? That that moment's the first signal that this might not be good. Very true. That's the first time because until then you're like, man, this looks good. Or is that the signal uh, that? It makes you realize Rob can't act. So they're like, uh, just do your crab walk thing, man. <laughs> just be you. Yeah, just go in that room. We're going to put some CGI amps behind you. Just do your crab walk. I will say the the one redeeming factor of it is that it is surreal looking. Because it, it, it does look otherworldly. It it's does. not like he's just in a room jamming. Like, yeah, it, but, but it, it's, also the, it's also the only thing that looks like that in the whole movie to me. Yeah. Because it, it, like it's, it's kind of CGI'd. It's like, yeah, it's very, it's a little cartoony. I, I agree. I agree. It's it's the first misstep of the film, and unfortunately, yeah. it's like three minutes in. Yeah, but at, at least really it sick. wasn't like you know they, they elaborated on that and went in there and Rob started talking or something. It was just it was just him doing his crab walk and it, it had a creepy sound. But that's you know. So then back on the right path here, I do think the sort of cross side eyed look that Lars gives him when he walks by is good. I, I thought it was great because it's really creepy and like he like looks back at him like I know like that he guy. Knows him, right? But like there's this... I don't trust him. What I think that this film really did well is like there actually is like this sort of without saying a single fucking word, there's like tension. Yes, there is. Yeah, where you're like, who, who, what's going on? You know, yeah. it feels like something bigger is happening. Yeah, mixed with sort of the excitement of a show that's a you know that excitement. Yeah. So there's all this drama in it. Uh, I, I forgot to mention right before you see uh, Trujillo in his base cave, um, right when Trip walks <laughs> walks in the building. You see a bald guy, big, jacked-up-looking guy, security guy. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I know. I thought that was you. <laughs> no, um, back to real life, that was the security guard that, uh, when I told my story about going to the Metallica show in, in uh, Brisbane, Australia, that was the security guy that my buddy was friends with that like got oh. us into the show and brought us back. So you think and that stuff. like all the extras were their actual crew? I know, I know certain oh, ones wow. were, yeah. Like, that was the first guy, like right when he like, trip walks in the <clears> building in that scene, and I'm blanking on the guy's name. I apologize if you're listening. His name is Bald Guy. Bald Guy. Yeah. And he is like, I mean, you see him in person. He's like made of stone. Yeah. The guy is ripped. But um, yeah, right when that guy, sh- like just, he's just walking by. Trip walks right past him. And I was like, that's the dude I hung out with, you know. That's cool that they put their own crew yeah. in there. Side note, when I saw Metallica in Brisbane, I don't think I mentioned this before. Um, me and a couple of buddies who are in this rockabilly band here in Nashville, a couple years back, maybe five, six years ago, recorded a bunch of uh, Metallica songs to the style of Johnny Cash. I've heard it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and I put all those songs on a thumb drive and had it in my pocket just in case. And at the end of the night, I gave it to that security guy. I said, if there's a chance you can give this to James, that'd be cool. Oh, I wonder if he did. I have no idea. I will never know. We might find out one day. Maybe. I'll call James tomorrow and ask him. <clears throat> would you, Prob- would prob- you? Problem solved. Dude, thanks, man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> another like ominous thing they do is when he's walking through the hallway, I think it's right after he crosses paths with Lars, like these sparks fly. Yeah. Where you kind of immediately are like, oh, it's like, it's not all's right. Yeah, something's going to be wrong. You know? Yeah. And if you've ever toured and you're walking backstage in that kind of area. You don't ever, if you see sparks fly, it's bad. It's news. very bad. Yeah. There's someone going, why the fuck were there sparks flying? We need to solve yeah. that problem now. Because usually there's nothing electronic that the band brings <laughs> in, in be? those hallways. Exactly. <laughs> usually it's dressing room cases with all their clothes and stuff. So camera follows Trip right, into one of the like openings in the arena. And then you, and it's an empty arena. And then you start, they start playing Ecstasy of Gold. And there's a time lapse of the arena. Well, right before up. that, the like production manager, or whatever, comes up to him and says, like, we need you to get this thing 
doesn't he mention to him? Oh, no, no. He says, he says, hey, st- stick close by because stick close by. We need you for something. We right. need you for something that the band needs. And he's like, cool. And he's wearing a uh, like through the never jacket, which is cool. Like the logo of through the never. Yeah. His, or wait, no, he's wearing no, a through the never shirt. He's got a damage, a ink. damage ink. Yeah. A damage, uh, damage justice or damage ink. It's the damage. It's the back of the, the skull. Yeah, I've got that on shirt, his leather yes. jacket. I think. You, are you wearing it right now? Look at you. Well, no. Uh, well, is it that skull? Ethan's wearing the damage ink shirt right now. It's. Oh wait, wait, wait! wait, wait uh, now I'm blanking on the design. I think on the it's back. that I skull. It's, no, it's not this one on the back. It's the. Um, Harvester of Sorrow one, maybe? Fuck. Uh-oh. Anyways, whatever. Uh, we're someone, someone emails and correct us because we're wrong. Which, by the way, you didn't mention it, but I'm also wearing a metallic shirt. I know. It's awesome. Okay. We, we both came committed tonight. We, we, yeah, we did. All right. So, the XE of Gold, I like the time lapse. Because yeah. it kind of, it, it sort of like kind of captures that feeling of like when a venue starts to fill up. Mm-hmm. All right. So, lights go out, which I love that stage, dude. I think it's, I guess it's just the it's world magnetic weird. stage, but it's that kind of like h um it's really cool and, and it's all like led screens it's a underneath. lit up stage yeah dude. oh yeah it's great i don't think they had that when i saw them but oh you know they may have but i think I was, it's the world magnetic stage. i was on the ground i couldn't see the top uh, of the stage so were you on the rail uh i was basically next to big mick oh really yeah not like behind the board or anything but i was behind a barricade where it was just like probably their guests you were just like on big mick's shoulders <laughs> i was on his shoulders while he was mixing <laughs> I was giving he's, him pointers. He's strong. Yeah. Uh, so then we get into the first song, because this actually essentially is a concert film. Yeah. Creeping Death. Creeping Death. And it's pretty much flawless. It's awesome. And I love that that, that LED stage at one point during Creeping Death, it starts to look like blood's running down it. Ooh. It's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. I was kind of hoping, or at least I thought when that was going on, I thought, well, that would seem more of an appropriate graphic on the stage for like Kill 'em All because of the Kill 'em All artwork, but right. still death, whatever. It, 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 Blood, it, death. Regardless, it looked badass. Um, and then so to get back into the film during the sort of big die chant guy, we see our our runner trip, yeah, doing die, and then he gets interrupted by the production manager to say, "We need you to go find this truck and get this bag. It's yeah. very important to the band. Go now." And as he like leaves the venue, and I, I keep mentioning the sound editing because it's like. He leaves and you sort of hear the sound the way you would hear it in a parking lot. Right, the way you as you're exiting the building you hear Which it is a small detail but it's really effective in like the immersion aspect of a film. Yes, definitely. All right, so moving right along um uh so when he says like <laughs> We need you to go get this thing out of the truck. And he just hands him a gas can. A gas can, yeah. <laughs> no questions asked. My first thought was, okay, first of all, uh, why does Metallica have like a box truck? A box truck. Biggest metal band in the world has a box a truck. A box truck with like an M on the back of it. <laughs> and and, and it's and it's and and it ran out of gas. Yeah. Why can't Metallica, the biggest band in the world, make sure that their vehicles have gas? Or they have this bag that's so important to them. Why isn't it like traveling with them why isn't it in a, in a road case that's like traveling like on their private jet or don't say it if you know it but do you know what's in the bag because yes I, all right okay we'll save it yeah um it's ron mcgovney <laughs> and lars's and, and lars's saint anger snare <laughs> it's like the like real dave mustaine that they trapped yeah. in <laughs> yeah the fake dave mustaine's like the paul mccartney theory yeah all right um they give him a gas can uh, then we see For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is killer. And so they have those killer. cool bells on the LED floor. Yeah. And then you get the classic, like Rob is really sort of like honed down that crab walk just for bell tolls now, which uh, has been a good, a good evolution of his vibe. Yeah. Did you just pour another drink during the episode? Uh, what? That's unprecedented. Sorry. 
That's is never it happened. unprecedented? You want some more? Yeah. Can I? Can you pour me some? Yeah. I mean, it's unprecedented. Who I said, just, who said that? <laughs> some asshole. One, some, some clown. Some orange person. <laughs> so then we get fuel, which fuel? I mean. I'm a I'm a believer of fuel. fuel. I think fuel kicks ass. I'm glad it's a staple. I'm sorry. Do you want a mixer? That's just straight. Nah, 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 that's cool. just straight vodka. No, it's cool. That's cool. It's not just. It's my uh, passion oh, yeah, fruit. Yeah. By the way, side note: this uh, episode is sponsored by Smirnoff Passion Fruit <laughs> Vodka. Brought to you by Clint Wells. I was in the liquor store on the way here, and I thought, you know what? Let's treat ourselves. You know what? I like to party. <laughs> I do. I like passion. I like fruit. Yeah. I'll get the passion fruit. Yeah. Okay, so we get belt holes and fuel. But Fuel is a great song to sort of introduce this car crash moment, right? So great he's idea, in the yeah. van, he he misses a red light and pulls on the road. He thinks well, he, he well, hang on. He, he, this is what, 2012? He's looking at like an old school map, or as I like to call <laughs> it, an, 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 an analog map. <laughs> he's got like a crumpled up map like a tourist would have in a new city. <laughs> totally. Driving his like van. Like a subway map in New York. Yeah, exactly. Uh I will say during fuel though is when they lower those death magnetic coffins yes. that are like LED lights too. And there's people like if you're like it's seated like a, up high, there's like a dude trapped in them. Yeah, and shit. it's so creepy. God, production value is so cool. Like, yes, it's a bummer. The ticket prices for these shows are high, but there's a lot of production value. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I mean, like I, that I, shit costs a lot of money. Is yeah, if you're if you if you have really good production like that stuff that's going to blow people's minds. It costs a lot of money, especially when you get into that LED stuff. It's it, when you're getting into custom stuff up in trusses that are on moving motors that are coming down and rotating and all that stuff. It's not. Yeah. It's not cheap. And take it from us, we're in the biz. Hey, we're so in the biz. <laughs> I mean, so much so that Clint can afford passion fruit vodka. How do you think I afforded this twelve ninety nine Smirnoff passion yeah, fruit vodka? Exactly from our local East Nashville <laughs> package store. Uh, so he's oh the, but he also while he's driving before he has a car crash he sees like these bloody handprints it's like mm-hmm. ominous I love just all the like all this ominous like riot blood shit they just yeah. never explain what it is it's just I there I dig it though it's just I do too it's like it's just like it's like a big question mark yep right which is what art is supposed to do by the way pretentious uh, rant over but he has that <laughs> art good art supposed to ask questions I know, right I know I know but you pretentious know rant over pretentious rant done I spare you guys my, I, I was unfortunately giving my wife this spiel right before I got here and just her eyes were like glazed over. <laughs> she just did not care. Um, They do this kind of dream sequence when he like falls underwater. Yeah. It, I thought that was interesting. Which I, is really cool. It's cool. I didn't really, it was still another question mark, but I was, but it, again, shot beautifully, looked really, looked really great. Because the car crash scene is like this big slow motion scene, which I thought was shot so well. It looks and so then, good. And then it sort of ends with him plunging underwater. And I like that the last rollover of the car, um, the van's upside down, but uh, it's basically the shot is upside down, so it looks like the glass is going up. Yeah, it's I like thought that real was trippy. a cool, nice detail that they uh, that somebody decided to edit in there. So then the band plays Ride the Lightning, which is, <clears throat> if you've heard our Ride the Lightning episode, it's one of my, it's my favorite yeah. record, one of my favorite songs. It's so cool that they included <clears throat> that in this film. How stoked would you have been to be at, a sh- at one of those shows and have the actual chair, the chair come, come down? down? With the Tesla coils. Oh, it's so cool. I mean, I, dude, I'd be so stoked. Yeah. Because that, that's a treat. I mean, they, they don't do that much. Right. They don't, they're, not, they're not busting out Ride the Lightning. Yeah. That it would... wasn't exactly a big hit for them, the, the <laughs> title track. Right. Um... But, you know, this is odd, though, and I don't know what is up with this, but they do the whole, like, the mic goes out and James, which maybe it was eerie a- foreshadowing of the 26- <laughs> 2017 Grammys. Exactly. 
But yeah, it's, it, uh, when, when I remember watching it thinking, is this part of the movie or is it like an actual mistake that too. is kept in? It's like the kind of cunning stunts thing, right? But yeah, well, th- th- yeah, I think we'll get into that because they do a they, whole thing in this right. movie that was from that tour. I think it's just to build tension. Yeah. Well, it, it's also like the first when Trip walks through the hall and all the sparks happen, like something's going something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. Right. That's actually, that is what it is. Yeah. And it's so just another just, little, little, they're reinforcing little that theme that not all yep. is right. Yeah. Okay. Which, what they should have done is halfway through a song, all of a sudden the snare drums goes, king, 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 king. <laughs> <clears throat> and Lars is like, what's happening? My snare drum sounds like a trash can. <laughs> king, king, king. <laughs> that would have been like a nice one little... of the things that could have gone wrong is just the entire Saint, Saint Anger record. <laughs> yeah. King, king. Yeah, he's like calling his tech. But James kind of like looks at his like tech and is like mad and. Yeah, he like pushes he the points mic down, at it. Yeah. And it's kind of eerie. He did a good job. Acting, yeah, he did. I, I think so. I think so. Um, I had to make a note of this because this is my homeboy and it's my one of my favorite solos. Great fucking Kirk Hammett solo in yeah. Ride the Lightning. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really good. God, I love it, man. Uh, then we go back to the car crash scene. He grabs the doll. So we're starting to see the significance of the doll. Yeah. Because he grabs the gas can and the doll. Gotta have that doll. Gotta have the doll. Who knows why? And... Amazingly, he sort of just walks away from this brutal crash. Yeah. Just his ears bleeding. There's Obviously bleeding not wearing here. a seatbelt. Not he, wearing that seatbelt probably saved his life because he was able to b- bounce around the yeah, car like fucking putty. Around, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, gets out of the car just fine. Just a case of a little bleeding ear. Yeah. Just a little your bloody bra- ear. Your fine. brain's bleeding. I mean, he was just listening to Metallica. <laughs> was he? Well, oh, was not in, in, the, the, in the arena in when the arena, started. Yeah. 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 He had the split the top of the show. Death. Yeah. Um. Then we get one. Yeah. We start seeing the sort of, we hear the like bullet ricochet and. And I love, I love in, in this film, uh, how long the war intro is. And I, for, I forgot how much pyro they did yeah. on that tour. Well, I they think don't it do was pyro a, anymore. Right. Well, and, uh, but I think it was probably over exaggerated for this, this movie. Yeah, maybe. But there was, and it, it a lot shows of pyro and fuel. There, yeah. And there's no, um, there's there's no band members on stage and all this is going off. You can see like Lars's drum kit's empty and stuff, but like just shit coming out from every part of the stage exploding. I th- I thought that was really exciting. It was a good setup during for one. one during one. Yeah, it was a little bit longer than they normally <clears throat> uh, you know have that intro. And I think just because we're kind of dealing with the film in general, we may be glossing over these performances. But every performance of the songs is almost as good as i mean the the concert footage is worth the price of the ticket yeah in my opinion i agree it's a great concert it is um so during one they kind of like it's when you first see like you see like a um the horse that a cop would ride yeah right by and like the cops like being dragged by the horse yeah dead oh it's so creepy we were like whoa what the fuck it's a cool image, but it's it's a cool it, image. It's like a little. It kind of sets up for like what what comes up, you know. So they do memory remains, where which they bring which is a great version of it. I think, dude, memory remains kicks ass. The the whole outro of Marianne Faithfull's <laughs> melody and the whole crowd singing. I mean, even Lars gets off his drum kit and is like getting them going. It's just a great hook, and you know when we go to that Atlanta show and they play that song, you and I are going to be arm in arm yelling that shit, dude. Well, we're going to be yelling everything, so. <laughs> But that is a moment in particular we will It's a great moment, yeah. Um, But that's when they start, they bring out these like big trusses that start sparking. Yeah. It's like kind of like you're like cunning stunt stuff. Something's going wrong. But nothing really happens. It's just like, like sparks happen and you can see they, you know, they intentionally film James like looking at it like, what was that? 
they do a good job of just kind of building this sub, really subtle tension. And if this was real life and a real life show and it was any big band and they're playing, all of a sudden sparks flew from up, up, up above you, you'd be like, hang on, off stage, like something's wrong. Oh, well, we'll get to that when shit really goes down. Yeah. And like Robert's just like on his knees on stage. I'm like, no, he would have had like his <laughs> they people. They all kind of get on the ground, like like an earthquake Well, that's what you would do in an emergency. But if you're Metallica, you have a whole team of people. Th- throwing if, a radio at a, a fucking. But if you're on stage and like trusses start falling, you're not just going to sit there on your knees. No, you're going to get the fuck off the stage. You're going to get off the deck immediately. Yes. Which, by the by way, the, way, the deck. <laughs> you were going to say that too. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you have your your moment. In the biz, we refer to the stage as the deck. Yeah, man. And sometimes there's a deck in a shed. <laughs> you can have a deck within a shed with a kabuki. Oh man. Do the image of me that you gave me as a gift of me playing in front of Zach, but with the kabuki right on my back as if like <laughs> my cape. Yes. Just my giant cape. The most, the that most will live with me. Cape. That will fucking live with me forever. By the way, that can be your Halloween costume this year. <laughs> just, I, I just have to get a $6,000 yeah, kabuki. 30 feet of cape behind you. <laughs> my wife's like, what do you want to be this year? I'm like, I want to be this superhero with a kabuki cape. It's going to cost like six grand. Yeah. Just to rent it from SIR. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it though. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so then they kind of show this post-apocalyptic ruin, and they play the Rome intro. Yeah. But they don't play Rome. They just play the... It's similar to how they do battery g- 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 and stuff g- g- like g- g- that, g- g- blackened. It's well, just it's more than that. It's a little, It's not just the... They actually go to the... Yeah, they don't come in until the... Well, they don't even play it. They just, oh, that's right. It's, it's just the intro. It's just like oddly... But like the black... The, um, no, it's, it's played live in the no, concert? No, no. I go. What song am I thinking of? Because I remember Lars starts the snare kind of slower than the tempo. Because I had to like change my notes. I was like, oh, Rome intro. They're going to do Rome. Then I wrote Rome. And then they don't do Rome. They actually... So then they start showing a mob riot with police, that big standoff. That's right. That was rad. Where they're doing the ga, ga, oh, yeah. ga, ga, ga. Yeah, the police are hitting their, their shields. But that's the only Rome we get. And it okay. wasn't actually played live. It's like, it's cool, but it's like weird. What song am I thinking of? I don't know. We'll get so, to it. So then they do Cyanide. Yeah. Which I like Cyanide, but it's the weakest, in my opinion, the weakest part of the set. It's the weakest part of the set. I still like the song in relation to the whole Death Magnetic record. Me too. But um, but but it's like, that was almost, or that was just your life. Might have been a better fit. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But the the, the imagery of those of all the, all those cops, like, hitting their shields. Oh, that's great. In time. That's great. Again, building tension. The envi- and then the rioters kind of start throwing rocks and shit. It's yeah. just like, oh, fuck. And trips like, in the middle, like, uh, what's, I just need I'm to just find I'm just trying this to truck. get a bag for Metallica. They just, need a, they just need a leather bag, and I've got a <laughs> can of gas. <laughs> We'd imagine me. that's what he sounded like if he actually had dialogue. I'm yeah. just here to help Metallica. Look, it's just me and my gas can. I got my doll. <laughs> All of this is in Vancouver, but he's suddenly from Alabama. Yeah. Well, I just got my doll here. Or he's just over there, eh, just uh, trying to get some gas. Hey, what's this all about? All about it. Which, you know, we have so many listeners in Canada. We do have a lot of Canadian listeners. And let's go ahead and apologize right now. Those are the worst Canadian accents. <laughs> Only we, thing I can really say is a boot. A boot. But I wouldn't, I don't know. We can, I, I was about to go on a tangent about accents in Canada and how... Really? Is there a tangent to be had about accents in Canada? Well, I was just going to say, I I don't feel that like Vancouver has crazy harsh accents. It's like when you start heading east and then it gets a little more a (laughs) boot. It's like when you get up to like, you know, North Dakota and like Minnesota and stuff. Yeah. Killer tangent. 
<laughs> Killer tangent, bro. <laughs> Man. I thought you were just going to, like, you know, spitball with me Rip there. With <laughs> You've been to Canada. I just left you hanging. <laughs> we love Canada, by the way. Dude. We love Tim Hortons. Dude, I pizza, love Toronto. Pizza. I love Montreal. I love Manitoba. I love Winnipeg. I love Vancouver. Yeah. I fucking love Canada. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a really good time for us to consider maybe hopping up there. Would love to. Okay. So, um,. Then we got our dude, our, our Bane on the horse who hangs the rider through the street. That lamp. was so creepy, so bitching, well shot. And just, it, it kind of made me like sit back, like even after watching it, you know, I rewatched it. You know, you kind of forget little details. And I'm like, oh God, like the sound effects, everything where he like pulls that rope and hangs the dude up there. It was, did a, it was strong. Did a little pee pee come out? <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I think a little bit did. It's my age. You have no idea. <laughs> Torben watched it with me last night. Torben, we had a great his, time. Torben with his. We made popcorn, and we're gonna have Torben and his urologist on yeah. at some point. Tor- <laughs> we're gonna have Torben on talking about cryptozoology. <laughs> Crypto urology. Crypto urology. <laughs> oh, All right. God. Moving okay. on. So, um, and then and then so he kind of gets away from that. Uh, kind of Lone Ranger demon guy. Yeah. And then he sees that all the rioters have been hung from lampposts, which is super eerie. Super oh, cool. so eerie. It was very like Walking Dead kind of just, you know, that post-apocalyptic like... Right. Wasteland. Like. Yeah. All right. So then, uh, other than Ride the Lightning, another one of my favorite moments of this whole thing is they start building the Lady Justice statue. Gosh, that was so cool. I would love to see that in person. And they're kind of built, and then they play Injustice for All, which yeah. again is like, for them to have done Red Lightning and Injustice for All is just like hitting all my buttons for yes. this band. Yeah, yeah. Because those are two of just my favorites. And I, I love that they, they like, they, it was being built while and then they playing, started the song. But even to continue building tension, at one point, James, <clears throat> while the stations are building it, James looks up and is like, no, no, move it. Like, he even directs <laughs> them. Right. Which We're, wouldn't happen normally. Which but. I was worried the whole time. The first time I saw the film, I was worried that it was all going to fall. Yeah. Which, which it, and what happens next? Well, does it fall? Yes. But it falls on purpose, though. It, well, yeah. I mean, or no, but I think you're you're you're. Did I miss something here? Well, no. In 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 the during at the end of the song, like it starts, it crumbles and it falls. And but that's not like they're chunks. not like. But they're not like freaked out about that. That's the kind of they're supposed not really freaked even, out about even it. in the film. But I think it kind of adds to that tension right. again. Like and then the kind of the fragments of it are there throughout the rest of the show. The rest of the show, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it's great. And dude, they kill that song, Justice. Well, I mean, and that's also kind of what they did on the Justice for All tour. Ah, like they, they all tore that it stuff down. like came down. Oh, okay, and stuff. right yeah. on. From I didn't see that tour, but I've seen footage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did make a note that during Unjustice for All, James is playing that black snake bite. Yeah. Which, dude, I'm just fucking dying to buy that. Yeah, you should get it. it might, I might have to get a divorce to do it, but I'm wanting to buy it. Because I'm not I wanting mean, to get the LTD one. I want the ESP one. Yeah, you got to aim high. I mean, which is like four grand. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, we don't, we don't fuck around here. No, we're not, we're not playing, we're not playing little kid, no. kid games here. No, no LTD no. shit. No, no. Um, so Trip ends up finding the truck because of the M logo on it. Not just, oh, there's the Metallica truck. It is. It's got the M on it, and it's not like a semi truck. It's like a like a budget rental car. Yeah, it's like box a fucked truck. up like van. It's like a, yeah, it's a box. It's a truck. U-Haul truck, and the drivers in there like wigged out, like traumatized. Yeah, I guess because of the probably from, probably from Bane. From Bane, his name's Bane now, isn't it? It has to be. He looks like Bane to me. 
So he grabs a brown leather bag and he looks in it and he's like, oh can my I, God. Can I just add a note real quick? He looks like Bane from the, the, <laughs> the terrible Batman movie that I think, what was his name? Was it Bruckheimer? Did he do those those ones? Brockheimer. Uh, what was uh, uh, no, not Christopher Nolan? No, no, no. The old Batman movies. Like there was the the Tim. I was supposed to say Tim Horton. The Tim Horton <laughs> Bat, Batman movies. The Canadian. No, there was the, there, there was the the two Tim Burton ones, and then it, uh, uh, Joel Shoemaker. Joel Shoemaker. Oh, those are awful. Oh, he did uh, Batman and so, Robin and um, Batman Forever. Yeah. So I think in Batman and Robin, the only redeeming factor in that movie was. Um, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I don't know, man. I like Arnold. I, sure, I like Arnold. I, I like Mr. his Freeze. one-liners. Chill, chill. But yeah. there, Bane is in it. Yeah, that Bane is. That's what reminded me of, yeah. of this guy. So he, let's it's just the say same he's guy, the shoemaker. The same Bane. actor. Yeah, it's way. that guy. He's like finally 20, another role. Twenty-five years later. Um. So, uh, wh- where are we at? Okay. So he shows up. Drivers and sh- oh wait, you wanted to say the. Okay, you derailed what, me when you wanted to say that he was like the Batman guy. That's all I was trying to say. He was like the Shoemaker band. So Trip finds the truck, and then like the only thing in the truck, obviously, is a brown bag. And he looks in the brown bag, and it's like Pulp Fiction. It's like he sees the forbidden. He sees something, right? And, and, and it, but he's so taken aback that he like sits back, you know, right. in awe. Okay, and what we come to find out is that was the bag that Cliff had on the puppets tour. Yes. Which so that's, that's not the, a total spoiler. So that's like the that's the actual bag. Uh, probably not in the film. Or maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe. I mean, what I read online, yeah. After that what, was the bag in the it, film. All, all I what I read was it was the bag that Cliff had on the puppets tour. So then they go into Master of Puppets. Yes, not a lot to say about it. It's a great version. Yeah. Uh, then those white like hologram crosses. Those are awesome. Oh my yeah. god! So well, they're actual cool. like like you know. Well, some of them are real, but some of them are, are actually then, holograms. Yeah. yeah, it looks so cool when they're slowly coming up out from the stage. Ugh. So then we go back to trip. He sees a dude waving at him. Yeah, kind of like help me. And he's like, "What's this?" And then a bunch of riders rush him. And then we see Bane on the horse yeah. again. Well, there's that cool shot too, right before you see all the riders show up. Where it shows the back of the guy's head and there's like blood, blood on it, yeah. and you know, obviously, it's, it's you know, that guy's not your friend. He's like the Walking Dead guy, pretty much. Yeah, he's like a zombie. We got zombies. Kind of, yeah. This is a horror film. It's a horror film. Yeah, there's people hanging. There's Bane. There's Rob Crab walking in a room. Yeah, zombie, um, zombie crab. So then they sort of corner him, and what does he do? Finally, we realize the purpose of the gas can. Yes. You just douse yourself with it. I thought that was bitching. set yourself on fire. It's pretty cool. It was just like all I mean, of a sudden it's kind of silly. In flames, but it's all the riders ridiculous. were taken back. Like, wait a second, they were like, "Wait, this guy's this guy means business, man." Yeah, he puts his bandana over his face, puts a hood up because the bandana is going to protect the fire of from, from burning yeah. your face off. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why would they not have played "Fight Fire with Fire" right there? And so that's when we kind of get that intro to battery. Yeah, the kind of cool. All right, then we get actual battery, which sounds great. Yeah, I mean, James is down picking in battery. Just yeah, he's blows so good, my yeah. fucking mind. Then we get the the dream sequence, the watery thing again during the "Are you alive?" Yeah, it was after he gets like trip gets like beaten down. Right, he kind of tries to fight his way through the riot. Yeah, and he kind of succeeds, Did but a then good it, job. It, you know, he does a good job for a man on fire. Definitely, which is the literally the first time I've ever said that sentence. <laughs> and he did a good job for a man on fire. Yeah, pretty good job. <laughs> he gets beat down, and then we kind of don't know what happens to him. Then he sort of wakes up. He comes. Oh no! Then they do nothing else matters. Yeah, which is pretty standard. Kirk does the intro now, which we talked about on our Black Ops yeah, intro don't uh, love episode. It. Yeah, um, 
And by the way, this is kind of a time when it's rumored that Kirk and James weren't that cool with each other. Yeah. Which you have a story about that, I think. The photo shoot where they couldn't be near each other. I don't know if I have that story. Well, you told me that story. There's no way I told you that story. Yeah. No. When did I tell you this? Like the last time we made an episode. There's like a photo shoot around a certain time where they were at odds so much they couldn't even be at the same photo shoot at the same time. You told me this story. You're spacing on it because of the passion fruit. (laughs) But when James finally comes up to do the... When James finally comes in... He does the... <laughs> yeah, trying to take the focus yeah, off yeah. the fact that I can't remember the story uh, I told you. But he gives he gives Kirk a look that to me I'm projecting into it. He gives him this kind of like not jammy where buds look. Right. Anyway, not to talk shit. Whatever. That's all speculative. So they do nothing else matters. And then you know my note on that is like, why can't one of them play a guitar with a Bigsby on that song? I know. So the, they can do that little dive. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Because Kirk, I will say, in a they, badass they move, the record. Kirk plays a Les Paul custom, which I love. Kirk plays a Les Paul custom on uh, Faded Black, too. Mm-hmm. I love when he does that. Yeah. But one of them needs, like, a big ass Gretsch or, like, yeah. a 335 or something. Anyway. Something with a Bigsby. So then they finish Nothing Else Matters, Standard Fair, great James Solo, blah, blah, blah. Of course. Uh, then we get Inner Sandman, and Trip wakes up, like, on a rooftop, all bloodied. No explanation how he got there. The mob. Delivered him to the rooftop. Apparently, yeah. And still has a doll. Well, the doll has come to life. Yes. We have an animated doll now. Animated doll. We have which is a jump- little creepy looking. Well, we have jumped the shark. Yep. The doll's moving around. Uh we got Bane again on the horse. He lashes him. He drags him around. Uh but then Trip gets the sledgehammer. Yeah. And he fucking hits the floor and it causes like the power. Well, he, he hits him first. And that's how he gets out of the noose. Right. And then Bane like does a little lap around the parking structure. He takes a lap. Roof. Yeah, takes a lap. <laughs> got, got to burn Gath- some, gather his strength. Got to burn some cows. <laughs> um, turns around to like come back for him. Hey, man, do you mind if I take a quick lap? I had a cheeseburger for lunch. One second. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back to I'll be right back to send you into hell with me. Yeah. But then yeah, Trip starts smacking the ground with that thing, which is cool because it's like affecting the show. It's affecting the show and the skyscraper right in behind him where all the windows shatter. Oh, yeah. The ci- the whole city crumbles. <laughs> Literally, the whole city crumbles except for the top of the parking structure they're on and Metallica's show. Except for the very thing he's striking. Yeah. But the whole city. Yeah. There's like a little crack in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does rip the rider to shreds. It who, does. Like, which is a great little mo- like moment. Like, yeah. He like turns the shreds on him. <clears throat> and... Uh, that's when everything goes like haywire at the Met show. Yes. Roadie catches fire. Things start falling. Truss is falling. And then James is uh, Oscar winning. Yeah. No, wait. Stop, stop. Wait, stop. Wait a minute. And then he like goes and checks on the guy. Yeah. And then I just love how like literally 50 seconds have passed and he's like, everyone okay? He's like asked 30,000 people yeah. if they're okay. You guys are fine? Okay. It's a collective. Yeah. He's like, well, uh, the two guys got hurt, but they're okay. And... Uh, should we keep playing? We can keep playing. We don't need all this stuff. Let's get some amps up here. And there's like a scene of amp of uh, James being like, "Come on, guys, get these amps up here." Yeah, I'm like, give him a fucking minute, dude. Give, give, give him a second. <laughs> Goddamn. Because <laughs> the premise is that it's a spur of the moment thing, right? Yeah. He's like, guys, it's been two and a half seconds. Come on. I can guarantee you, as a, a, a as a touring musician and slash guitar tech, if somebody caught fire on stage. 
you wouldn't show's use, over his show's over the you, show's you're not sure gonna over. be like hey let's take 50 seconds and then get a couple combo amps up here exactly and finish the show guys everything's cool two of our trusted family road members got third degree burns one of the guys faces got burned off entirely but he's gonna live let's get some combo amps up here yeah let's take a minute literally one minute and then we'll continue the show but, but it, it is a cool moment after that. But it's but it's basically cunning stunts. It's yes. like it's like they were like, look, we're going to make a movie. It's going to be a huge hit. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't. I wonder why they they decided to throw that tour trick in there. Because I think they thought, well, cunning stunts was a fan video yeah. for our fans. This movie might actually be a hit. Yeah. And that that cunning stunts thing was cool, man. When they Maybe do the they whole thought, they yeah. do the whole like pulling the light bulb. Right. Just them with combo amps, and James goes like, oh, "This reminds us of what it was like when we did Kill 'Em All." Right. And then they fucking end the show, which is I think is so killer. Not with seek and destroy, mm-hmm. with fucking kill the lights or kill the lights. That's the second time <laughs> I've done this. It's kill I blame the, the alcohol. Da, 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 da. They end the show with hit the lights. Yes. No, it's and it's a great moment, and I and I think you know, acting aside and all that stuff seeing uh, them on stage in a tight little knit circle with a couple half stacks and Lars. It's one of my favorite moments. And it's just like floodlights on them. Yeah. I think it it looks great. I mean, even just the metaphor of it, of like, this is how it all started. This is how we're going to end it. There's no lasers and pyro. It's just four dudes playing songs with combo amps. Totally. No, I no, I I, I thought it's it was classy, a great man. Ending. It is classy. I'm gonna use the classy. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out classy. It's classy. So let's not forget that Trip makes it back to the venue. Finally makes it back to the venue with the ba- with bag in hand. Which so he gets the venue. Venue's empty. All the gear's still on stage. Because like because I guess the crew just were like ah fuck it. We'll, well let's it assume that there was a night number two. Right number. But even night number two, you're gonna put. You're putting shit over the gear, right? Are you just leaving Sometime, it? in an arena it, it, like that? You it, it just depends. leave it all open. In an arena, it's usually just open. Yeah, and he just like leaves the bag on the stage. Like this He's is like, the safest spot for the well, most important uh, thing to the band. I just almost lost my life for this bag. <laughs> I, no one's here. We'll just leave it here. I guess I'll put it right here. And there's still a couple lights on, like in like w- which the, the lighting guy left on. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I'll just leave it right there. Cool. The LD is like, you know what? Maybe the runner might come back later and leave a very important bag on the stage. <laughs> I'm gonna leave runner? some floodlights on. Yeah. All right, so then we have which might be the most exciting moment of the entire film, which is roll credits, Metallica plays. Which, which before you, we get into this, I just want to say when I first saw this, he sets the bag down and the credits started rolling and, and I thought to myself, of course, what the fuck? I was like pissed. Really? The bag's just there, but then they went into Orion. Orion. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And now we get into the symbolism. Yep. So what's your take on it? Uh, I mean, I think that the, you know, the spirit of Cliff Burton is in that bag. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's something that like we've talked about with Cliff, he will always be a huge part of Metallica, almost like the soul of Metallica. Yes. So my thought, even before I read what it has been said that it is in that bag is, you know, you you know, you don't know exactly, but I would like to believe that it's like the soul of Cliff Burton. Yeah, I agree. It's like. It's it's the spirit of Cliff, mm-hmm. and it's always with them. It's one of the most important things of the band. It's always with them unless it's on a box truck stranded. Unless a, they've yeah. somehow <laughs> left it on a truck somewhere. We lost Cliff's soul. Whoops. <laughs> it was on his box truck, and the dude ran out of gas. Whoopsie. Then Bane showed up. 
Well, yeah. we weren't expecting a zombie apocalypse tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but there's to me, there's also a symbolism and a significance to them playing that song in the empty arena. Mm-hmm. So there's like this idea of emptiness and like there's something missing. Well, it's very personal. It's just the four of them. And when, it's not like when they're playing Orion, there's like they're cutting the shots of the bag. Right. You have to kind of piece it together. Yeah. It, like it asks questions, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's the bag? And like they got slagged of like that they were trying to rip off Pulp Fiction, which which uh, Lars is a big film nerd too. Lars yeah. is a big Quentin Tarantino fan. They they were like, man, they just tried to like do the whole what's in the box, what's in the whatever. It's like, yeah. no, man, they're just like letting their fans ask questions. Yeah, for sure. And to me, it was really rewarding to like sit there and be like, they're playing kind of like Cliff Swan song. Yeah. To an empty arena. Yeah. This whole film, the whole drama of the film is about finding this bag. We, they don't let us see what's in it. Right. But. It's like, I don't know, man. It, it really made, like, I retrospectively liked the film even more after the credits. Yeah. No, I thought it was a great ending. Not to mention they really? fucking kill Orion, dude. Oh, they do. They totally do. I love when they play Orion. Yeah. And you know what? Robert does a great job I, with I all love that stuff. It. I know. I love it. The only question I have, the question I was left with was, Robert, why didn't you just play like a Rickenbacker on that? Just that song. that Aria Pro. No, he didn't even play that. But he, what is that blue thing he's playing? Exactly. It's a blue thing. Oh, he's playing the, the, he's, some, the copyright I, I, I will thing. I will go on record as saying I cannot an stand the basses that Robert plays. I don't even know the brand. Well, I he plays that cool Fender, though. No, he plays, I think it's a, actually a Jacob Astoria signature yeah, bass. It's all just distressed and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we've mentioned that he, he I think, produced the Jacob Astorius documentary. Right. It's on Netflix. But, um, no, I love Robert. I love it. I think he's a great bass player. But those basses with the smaller bodies, I think they just look so lame. And then you're playing Orion about this whole... It would be cool if you played a Rick. It totally would. Yeah, I agree. Or the Area Pro. But whatever. That's just me. I didn't direct it. Whatever. No, Nimrod did. Nimrod did. Don't forget it. Don't forget. The, he... the Green Day album Nimrod directed this. Yeah. Uh, this is the times of my life. What's this a big song on Nimrod? <laughs> That's the one. Oh, oh, that's the that's the good riddance. It was the last track on the record. No, Nimrod had a ganga ganga. No, that was uh, Insomniac. Oh, look at you, I'm like, Green I Day like fan over here. I do too. From California, Nimrod had. Oh, a, is it a California? <laughs> it's a California thing. Well, it's I'm a little California, different bro. when you're from there. I mean, like I listened to Green Day before the sellout moment. You know. Dude, I had Dookie when I was in sixth grade. Loved every that was a sellout record. Oh, it was. I don't think so, but that's what people consider the sellout record. Plunk was like, yeah, Kerplunk and um, thousand. What was that one record? Long title. Yeah, yeah, it was their first stuff on Lookout. But uh, I was about to say, I'm blanking now. We're talking about Green Day. Let's not talk about Green Day anymore. Bay Area band. Them and Metallica are cool. Yeah. Billy Joe and James did a thing at uh, the uh, benefit show they do where Billy year. where they do turn the page and then Billy Joe goes into I walk these up and obviously I'm a huge Green Day fan <laughs> pile of pie I walk the pile of pie all the ones on the pile of pie a, I pile of pie it's a, it's, pile a, it's, a uh, it's a Thanksgiving song you love a pile of pie <laughs> yeah Apple. my turkey only basic <laughs> enough for me to that's eat that's a good it. song um, I will say my biggest question about through the never. No Through the Never on the set list. Yes. The fucking film is called Through, through the, the never. Fucking Never. And it was not in there. Gosh. Uh, could have just been like, hey, that's a cool title. Like, maybe the... Well, you know. It is a cool title, for sure. It is a cool title. But could, they well, could have... You, you never 
find out what's in the bag. This guy's journey is through the never. I don't know. I'm a spitball yeah, are you here. like working? Are you still working like publicity for the film? The failed film. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Apparently. Like, look through. Like you're going through you're something. Going through something. You never know. That's what happens, man. I think through the never is a great title. Through the never, yeah. great, I think. I think the black album could have been called through the never. Yes. But is it the best title for this film where they don't even play the song? I don't know. You could have called the fucking film Blackened, right? You could have. You could have called the film Inner Sandman. I mean, yeah. you could have called the film anything. I mean, but would would, would if they would have changed the, or had the title be one of the songs that was played in the set, would any of those be a little cheesy because they're so, all such huge songs? Yeah, that's maybe that's their logic. Yeah. Like, it would be kind of cheesy to me if it was like, hey... We're Metallica. This is our new film, Enter Sandman. Dude, like, you could have okay. called this fucking film Creeping Death, for sure. Actually, you're correct. That the whole film feels awesome. like Creeping yes, Death. Yes, that would have been awesome. Right? Agreed. I think that's a great note to end on, because we have... Uh, I, I mean, I think we've covered everything in this in this film. I, I, I love... I'll, I'll say this. I love the film... There's a little uh, cheese factor here and there, but it's overall, che- I mean, it's yeah, I agree. Awesome. Yeah, it's not Pulp Fiction, but if you like Metallica, how could you not like this? I know the concert footage is as good as it gets. Yep, it's them kicking ass. Yep. There's not a single sour moment as far as the concert film, right? And if you're really getting the sort of 15 to 20 minute of like unexplainable, perhaps even illogical drama, mm-hmm. it's shot and edited so well so that it's well. worth it. Yeah, it's a fucking. It's a fucking ride, dude. Yeah. Get on it. Enjoy it. It's Metallica. You love Metallica. We love Metallica. So enjoy it. I don't love Metallica. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, you're a Kiss fan. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, man. I'm in the Bee Gees, dude. <laughs> should we say goodbye? Yeah, we should say goodbye. I think we've we've covered the uh, everything we can on this on this film. But if you uh, hear something or didn't hear something and you wish we would have talked about it about this film, please let us know. You can email at us at metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. You can tweet us at metalupyourpc. And you can Instagram message us or comment or whatever. Metal Up Your Podcast on Instagram. And uh, Clint will be on Reddit. Clint will be on the forums answering your questions. Hell yeah. Did I miss anything? I will say this. If you guys care to, and this isn't in no way soliciting or begging, <clears throat> just if you care to. If you could take a moment and go to iTunes and just leave a very quick review. You don't have to like, you know, praise us and like tell us I mean, this you is can the best podcast in the world. But if you do. But we're not asking for that. But what, what happens is when people are searching for Metallica podcasts like we yeah. did before we started this. Right. If they see Metal Up Your Podcast and see that it has 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever positive reviews. It's just psychological people click on that they trust it they trust your yeah. reviews well it also it also helps uh, this podcast get noticed a little more and, and all we want to do is keep expanding this to the metallic we just family. want more ears yeah we want to share all this shit yeah. so yeah. my only thing is before we split is just take a moment go say hey we dig the podcast you'll like it too if you like Metallica or whatever the fuck just yeah, exactly. share your own thing that's my thing before I say bye uh, that can be our thing it's our thing let's it's, share it's that. our thing yeah yeah, that's yeah. mine and Ethan's It's sing. a shared thing, so, yeah. Uh, go to you. iTunes and sing our praises is all we're saying. And even if you don't do it, thanks for checking it out. Always. Thank you. We appreciate you. We pay attention. We are so thankful. We've been looking at our stats recently on, uh, we go through Simplecast, and it's pretty mind-blowing that we're, you know, a little over two months old, and we're seeing the numbers we are. It's We've been looking at our stats and shitting. Shitting stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next time.
Christ or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>